Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Switch off the electricity. I don't effing care. I'm sick of this. We've got that story. Plus, the EPA makes you DOA. But first, Bank of America calls CBDCs more effective than cash in new research. This coming from Coindesk.com. Bank of America, B of A called central bank digital currencies, CBDC, central bank digital currencies, a much more effective payment system than cash in a research paper recently published. The Charlotte, North Carolina-based bank, the second largest in the U.S. by total assets, said that CBDCs could replace cash completely in the distant, they have to put distant in parentheses, future, way off in the future, like 2030 probably. The report comes amid surging interest among central banks, probably because they're not getting their cut and do not like that. A May report by the blockchain infrastructure platform Bison Trails, those sound like nature words, found that about 80% of central banks are exploring use cases involving CBDCs with 40% already testing proof of concept programs. Bank of America said that CBDC adoption was inevitable citing a declining role for cash, the private sector's increasing use of blockchain, loss over currency control, and CBDC's potential to boost the economy. It also noted that central banks that did not launch their own digital currencies could see decreasing demand for their currencies substantially in some cases, and of course you'll have a smaller role if you don't, of course, adopt the digital dollar. Addressing concerns that a CBDC could compete with bank deposits, spurring bank runs and compromise individual security, the paper highlighted central banks' very cautious approach. Separately, B of A, B very of A, has also approved the trading of Bitcoin futures for some clients, and its prime brokerage unit has started the clearing and settlement of cryptocurrency exchange-traded products, ETPs, for hedge funds in Europe. And of course, we will link up the PDF of the research, Infrastructure and Design of Central Bank Digital Currencies, a research report by Bison Trails. Man, James, I don't know. This Bitcoin thing's starting to look like a giant psyop, maybe. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, thank you. Nice callback. So for people who don't know, we'll throw it in the show notes. Episode 328 of the Corporate Report, the Bitcoin PSYOP, talking about exactly what is represented perfectly in this article, where they go from talking about the central bank digital currency effortlessly into talking about blockchain and Bitcoin as if it's all the same, right? It's all just the same thing. And they do that over and over in this article. Unless you know what they're actually saying, but 99% of people who read this won't understand what they're saying. Bank of America said that CBDC CBDC adoption was inevitable, citing a declining role for cash, the private sector's increasing use of blockchain technology, loss of control over currency, blah, blah, blah. They're giving you the reasons why the central banks, or at least the fig leaf of the reason why they want to come in and once again take over this, uh, uh, make sure that they have their monopoly, and in fact, an even greater monopoly on the money printing than before as opposed to the blockchain technology. Because of blockchain technology, we need to start this CBDC because of private sector. Oh, no, you can't go create currencies. That's our domain. And then they say, uh, the paper said that CBDC qualifies as money because uh, it allows storing of value and being unit of account and means of exchange, differentiating them from cryptocurrencies. So again, if you're actually reading this and understand what they're saying, they are making it very apparent. CBDC is not 
cryptocurrency is not blockchain. This has nothing to do with blockchain technology, actually, because for anyone who actually knows what blockchain is, this we're talking about a centralized permissioned ledger, which is the exact opposite of blockchain technology. They could call it blockchain. I guess they could use some sort of blockchain, but it would be like using using your guitar as a fly swatter. I mean, you can do that, I guess, but your guitar is not a fly swatter. That's not what it's for. You're doing it wrong. You can use a blockchain for a centralized permissioned ledger, but that's not what it's for. That's not how it's used. You're doing it wrong. So again, people who don't understand these basic terms will be easily misled into thinking CBDC, crypto, Bitcoin, it's all the same, all the same, right? Wrong. Um, but I want to especially thank uh, video editor extraordinaire Brock West for um, submitting this particular story for New World Next Week this week, because it, it led me to discovering a new site, a new source of information that I didn't know existed. It's called CBDCinsider.com. And you know you've made it as a, uh, a mainstream PSYOP uh, uh, idea when you have an insider insider website did, devoted to following every move on this story. So uh, I'd suggest people check it out. And the RSS feed is nowhere visible on this page, so you're going to have to take cbdcinsider.com and add the slash feed in order to find the RSS feed if you are interested in that. But it's probably worth keeping an eye on this topic because it is going to be more and more important from here on out. And it was on that website that I found this. Study suggests Canadian CBDC could promote digital innovation within the country. Blah, blah, blah. The Bank of Canada suggested that a Canadian CBDC could provide a number of innovations in including the elimination of transaction fees from debit and credit cards. Hey, guys, look at this little carrot. Woo! Um, a study released by Canada's central bank, Banque du Canada, has noted a number of favorable reasons that the country could benefit from its own central bank digital currency, or CBDC. The document laid out two scenarios that might result in the bank issuing a CBDC at some future date. One would be if citizens were no longer widely using cash within the country, for reasons that were left unspecified. The other could be if a digital currency, public or private, were to become so widely adopted as to threaten the sovereignty of Canada's existing central currency. I mean, they're laying it out for you right there. Hey, the guys, don't, don't even think about transacting in anything other than our sovereign fiat money. Woo! You know, if you even think about that, we're going to go CBDC, we're going to eliminate cash... We're going to pull the plug. And they are prepping for the cyber pandemic. Part of the cyber pandemic will be stepping us into a CBDC world order. It is coming. I hope people are keeping their eye on this particular PSYOP uh, topic. James, we took the advice and did Cash Friday last Friday when we went to the grocery store. And what did the cashier say? Thank you. Tells you right there. Uh, no fees. I'm going to call bull plop on that one. They said paperless would totally eliminate all the extra fees. It's just computers. You don't have to pay. Why do I have extra fees? Everything I do online. Again, something tells me they're liars and they're lying again. Remember, the same folks that tell you you can't make your own money are the same folks that tell you you couldn't possibly control your own health. James, somebody mentioned this morning in the Media Monarchy chat, if I can show this strange thing on camera, it's very reflective, very beautiful. Somebody mentioned in the Media Monarchy chat, because they are in Utah, they're like, hey, how about Utah Goldbacks? This is a $5, you kind of hear it, it's really pretty interesting. A listener sent this several months back, this is $5 worth of Utah Goldbacks. 
people can create their own currencies. Money is anything people agree on that has value. And I would imagine that smashed actual gold would probably have some actual value, James. As we move to episode two, or rather segment two, on this episode 454 of New World Next Week, this is a pretty big one. This is one to send to your friends and family who, I don't know, maybe trust the brave New World Order and all the nice chemicals and drugs they offer them. Whistleblowers expose corruption in EPA Chemical Safety Office. This coming from, of course, the recently de-greenwalded Intercept managers and career staff. This isn't just the lowly mailroom and custodians. Not to diminish those people, they're way more important than managers and career staff. Managers and career staff in the Environmental Protection Agency's Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention tampered with the assessments of dozens of chemicals to make them appear safer, according to four whistleblower scientists who work at the agency. The whistleblowers whose jobs involve identifying the potential harms posed by new chemicals, provided the intercept with detailed evidence of pressure within the agency to minimize or remove evidence of potential adverse effects of the chemicals, including neurological effects, birth defects, and of course, everyone's favorite cancer. On several occasions, information about hazards was deleted from agency assessments without informing or seeking the consent of the scientists who authored them in the first place. Some of these cases led the EPA to withhold critical information from the public about potentially dangerous chemical exposures. In other cases, the removal of the hazard information on the or the altering of the scientists' conclusions and reports paved the way for the use of chemicals which otherwise would not have been allowed on the freaking market. This, from The Intercept, is the first of a series of articles based on four whistleblowers' highly detailed allegations, which were supported by dozens of internal emails with supervisors, meeting summaries, and other documents. Together, the evidence they provided showed a pattern in which the Environmental Protection Agency failed to follow the law that oversees chemical regulation, particularly the Toxic Substances Control Act, and depicts a workplace in which EPA staffers regularly faced retribution for not following the science. It's not science, it's the science. And that's just the first few paragraphs in part one. Now let's jump to part two. Leaked audio. EPA overruled scientists in hair on fire cases. And all we got to tell you from this one, when industry wants a chemical safety assessment done yesterday, EPA managers classify that as hair on fire, meaning pass this thing through. Don't worry about testing it. You've got to approve this because our masters have deemed it so. Now that is the same EPA that said, say it with me, the air is safe to breathe at ground zero. And like I've said in previous months, if not years or decade of New World Next Week, when it's a bunch of bullcrap, they try and freak you out. You know, like Agent Spicoli, Sean Penn on the Hollyweird set recently. But when it's going to kill you fast, they lie through their criminal little Eichmann teeth. James, this enrages me. Oh, a thousand times, yes. And you're, of course, exactly right to bring up the the reference, the air is safe to breathe. Of course, that was the EPA that was lying through its teeth and exactly as in this case, changing the science to suit what they wanted it to say. Um, and this, this, uh, these two articles are lengthy. 
And for a lot of people with the online attention span of a gnat, probably won't be able to get through it all. But I really commend it to your attention if you are interested in this topic, specifically the real threats to our health from the real pollutants and toxic things in our environment that they do not want you to know about, do not want to talk about, as opposed to carbon dioxide, which will be all over BBC, CBC, CBS, NBC, all over the MSM every day. Carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, how dare you breathe, you horrible, icky human. But they will never, ever, ever, ever talk about these pressing environmental problems. And it's also uh, a good reference to bring up with regards to air is safe to breathe because the the, uh, first article in this series goes on to talk about PEER, which is the Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility, which you will note worked with Kate Jenkins back in the day. And you'll know Kate Jenkins from 9-11 Whistleblowers as one of the EPA whistleblowers talking about the lie of the air is safe to breathe. You will know about that if you have watched 9-11 Whistleblowers. If you have not, you're in luck because, of course, YouTube recently removed 9-11 Whistleblowers and my entire backup channel because it was hate speech before then deciding that it wasn't hate speech and giving me the channel back. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) whatever. Anyway, you can always watch 9-11 Whistleblowers from my website, where you should be watching it. Um, But also, I mean, Pierre goes on to say, because all of these examples that they're citing in this story are from 2019, 2020, that kind of range. So you might start to think, oh, this is just a, a look at how horrible Trump's EPA was, and now everything is better under Biden. But they go on to say specifically, um, the uh, peer says, uh, the problems in OS, OCSPP, the Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention, are not due solely to the Trump administration and its appointees. The issues faced by our clients occurred before Trump took office, during the Trump years, and continue now. Oh, it's almost like this is an agenda that survives whether it is Coke or Pepsi in power. A couple of other important points that I want to bring up on this. Um, One is that um, one of these chemicals that they're talking about, one of the whistleblowers, he was noting how the uh, closest chemical analog to the chemical that he was studying, which they won't name because there's agreements with companies involved, so they don't want to break them, apparently. But anyway, this whatever mystery chemical this was that did get approved, apparently, by the EPA um, was chemically analogous to BPA, Yes, bisphenol A, that bisphenol A. So this whistleblower was trying to raise concerns about the possible effects on fertility, etc., that we know are associated with BPA. He was overruled in that case. For people who don't know that story and what that's about, I would highly suggest going back into my archives, or I'm sure, James, into your archives, documenting the BPA case and how that settled science of, oh, it's perfectly safe, became, oh, we should get this out of absolutely everything that we uh, let our children around because it's having horrible effects on their fertility, um, documentable effects. And the uh, final point that I will make here is that if you read this article and you suspect, hmm, this is really, this is good, this is good work, good, interesting, but it's coming from The Intercept and who's the Sharon Lerner who wrote about this, it almost seems like she's, is she going to be one of those types who are the EPA and the, uh, yeah, let's blow the whistle and get to the horrible things that are being done in the name of following the science. But is she going to be on board with the vaccines, do you think? And of course, go to her Twitter. Uh, She has this up from June, for example. The vaccine shortage is artificial, but the human cost of that shortage is all too real. 
et cetera, et cetera. Of course, she's all on board. You know, take your damn vaccine. Shut up. Trust the science. Believe Fauci. Believe the NIAID. They're perfect and floating on clouds. They can't be impeached. The EPA, now they, that science can be tampered with by industry, but there's no problem with big pharma and the vaccines. Nope, nothing to see there, guys. So we know we know how this game works, unfortunately, but it's it's good to know. And it's also good to, to keep that in mind when you're reading an article like this. Take what is valuable from articles like these. Do not throw out the baby with the bathwater, but know that, of course, this is going to be from a certain controlled paradigm, and we have to connect those dots ourselves. Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond is recently kind of talking about how essentially the powers that shouldn't be are actually running their mouths too much, trying to sort of oversell the scamdemic and of course basically letting all the cats out of the bags about what a giant scam this is and twitter is of course the great place to go find all this information james i i wasn't going to include any of this on new world next week but uh, just a little bit ago i remembered a guy that i interviewed years back back in 2013 he had a book called the end of money and i remember his smug laughter when I asked him if this is all just a push for a cashless society, <laughs> this is that's just a little too pithy for me. Guess what's all over his Twitter account with his muzzle with his muzzle picture? Like, man, it's funny. Your cashless Condé Nast bullcrap seems to sure dovetail nicely with your new agenda that you're pushing. I'll, I'll see if he replies back on the on the tweeters. Uh, remember, four out of five doctors smoke camels. And so, James, are we are we going to try and upload this to the Corbett Report backups? Channel? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. Woo! This will get us taken down. Whatever. <laughs> Again, awesome. who cares? I'm not even going to think about that. <laughs> That's well, as you maybe heard me say on my morning show, I keep checking my pockets, but I, I don't find any extra cares. And as I maybe don't talk about it a bunch. If I have extra fire in the scamdemic, it's because my mom's going through chemo. And so I see these stories and then realize, oh, I'd be a giant jerk if I sent this story to my parents at this, of course, fragile time. <sighs> On this New World Next Week, episode 400 and what are we? 54? God. <laughs> Another highly anticipated installment, because now I'm all heated up, James. Prophets of Rage. More fake punks get the real jab and they will shun you like a Jim Crow Democrat if you don't get their scam shot. Punk band The Offspring fires drummer for refusing to take COVID vaccine. The Offspring part ways with drummer after 14 years, a guy named Pete Parada. And we can grab this from metalanarchy.com. Again, everything we say and play always included in our show notes. Just trying to find other sources from the big garbage, same news sources. I'd rather go to some indie metal fan site. The Offspring seen most recently with their first album in a decade they just missed actually releasing it in time for orange man and of course we talked about just a couple months ago here on new world next week turning keep them separated into keep them vaccinated but of course we now know which way they want it fake left loves re-enlightenment camps you got to keep them segregated that fake punk band have parted ways with drummer pete parada the drummer claims he was fired from the band after refusing to get vaccinated for COVID-19. 
And you can go right to his full, like, 17-part Twitter thread statement. I've got some unfortunate and difficult news to share. I know many of my close friends and family would have preferred to hear this privately first, and I apologize for the public nature of my disclosure, but I don't know how to have this conversation multiple times. Given my personal medical history and the side effect profile of these jabs, my doctor has advised me not to get a shot at this time. I caught the virus over a year ago. It was mild for me, so I'm confident I'd be able to handle it again, but I'm not so certain I'd survive another post-vaccination round of Guillain-Barre syndrome. But the My Body, My Choice crowd doesn't care. You can read his whole statement. Pete Parada's complete statement will include that in your links. The funny thing is, James, is when you start to run a couple of searches, it seems like this is what they do. The Offspring fires back at former basis that they also fired September 5th, 2019 from blabbermouth.net. And you can see from the photo, see in the file photo, I'm going to guess. Again, James, I'm just kind of speculating. But this is the same thing, again, for folks in their different industries. Like you're talking about reading all the scientific stuff. I got kicked out of chemistry class in high school. It might take a while for it to all sink in. I can read music entertainment stuff and know exactly what's going on. I'm going to guess that the two super rebel hair dyed 60 year olds seen in the file photo, the only original members left in the band. My guess is they're like companies that put you into retirement. I bet these guys cost too much money now. 14 years as the drummer. Dang, you were, you were almost eligible for some sweet benefits. It's kind of like that dead Kennedy song that says, we're sorry, but you're no longer needed or wanted or even cared about. So for folks who don't know anything other than keep them segregated, after making their bones with a seven-inch single called Baghdad in 1991, because that's back when punk bands were actually against war, at least they acted like it. So then they signed to Epitaph Records. That's Brett Gerwitz of Bad Religions label. There would be fellow fake left California capitalists exploiting dumb punk kids who don't know better. Yet... Peaking at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts, number four on the album charts, The Offspring's Smash, which features, of course, Keep Them Separated and a couple other hit songs, sold 11 million copies worldwide. It is still, to this day, the best-selling album released by an independent label. Then what do you do? Well, you got to jump to major label Columbia, like the sellouts, I guess, they always dreamed of being. Hey, we're the biggest rock band in the world, the biggest indie rock band in the world. We should sell out to a multinational corporation, I guess, since they're people and all. That reminds me, that's exactly what Arcade Fire did. The only indie band in history to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. And what do they do next? Crap on everybody who got them to that position. And now Offspring, hey, they do have their first album out in a decade. And gosh, I'm not the type of guy to say these sorts of things, but their new album cover looks like it's got a whole lot of Dias de la Muertos, like Day of the Dead, cultural appropriation. I'm pretty sure Noodles Wasserman and Valedictorian Dr. Day, yeah, I just learned, yeah, Dexter, the lead singer, he was the friggin' Valedictorian. I'm pretty sure those 60-year-old PhDs posing as punks are wealthy, university-educated white males throwing their weight around. Remember, remember when people were pissed about that sort of thing? Let's head over to Germany, meanwhile, where musicians are speaking out and, of course, suffering the consequences for nearly 40 years. 99 Luft Balloons. German pop singer Nina pitched herself as a canary in the coal mine. In 1984, 99 Red Balloons, of course, warning about nuclear annihilation. 
At a Sunday evening concert in Berlin, Germany, Nina declared war on Germany's COVID-19 response, encouraging concertgoers to disregard social distancing boxes and gather right at the foot of the stage. After several confrontations with concert stewards, which is a nice name for thugged out security, a crowd gathered at the stage, apron, and the singer told them how the promoter was threatening to cancel the show unless they dispersed. She said, I'll leave it up to your sense of responsibility whether you do it or not. Everyone can make a free decision, just as everyone can make a free decision whether to get vaccinated or not. And you know what happened after that? They pulled the plug. Now, I guess they let her actually finish the regular set, but no encores. Switch off the electricity or have the police get me down from here. I don't effing care. I'm sick of this, said Nina, who's now up with Van Morrison and the rest. And, of course, also her next concert was immediately canceled. James, another one. I got this sent by a couple of different peeps in Minneapolis, one of the big indie clubs, indie rock kind of clubs in Minneapolis, First Avenue. They've got a new policy, guys. Effective immediately, all concerts and events at First Avenue and associated venues will require either proof of a full course of COVID-19 vaccination. I guess that's the three shots like that dead actor from uh, Braveheart, maybe. Or also proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken in the prior 72 hours. Patrons must have a completed COVID-19 vaccination card with their final dose at least 14 days prior to the event or a negative COVID-19 test result from 72 hours or less prior to the event. Those are your super punk rock clubs. Have fun going out of business because I'm never going there. I don't think people, re James, I don't maybe guess people realize not the least of which our friends and family, we will die on this hill. That's it. One last bit of bread maybe to put into the circuses. Unvaccinated, this is a fun one, unvaccinated Steelers football players will wear yellow wristbands, presumably, James, because yellow stars would have been hard to see out on the gridiron field. God. That's, that's, there's my rage. How dare you cast aspersions on Dr. Brian Holland? I'll have you know, PhD in microbiology, who is totally a real punk, guys. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we have to, we need to amplify the voices of Pete Parada and all the Pete Paradas in the world and let them know we are on your side. We understand what you are saying. You've taken a look at your own personal medical history in consultation with your doctor, no less. And you, with your doctor, have decided that the risks far outweigh any perceived potential benefits that they're talking about. And you have made the personal decision that you're not going to do this. And there are many, many, many people who are in that precise boat right now who now find all the guns of the biosecurity state pointed at them. You are going to be excluded from society like all these anti-vaxxers. You are now the target of the biosecurity state. So what does that mean? We are on your side. Medical freedom, your body, your choice. I even Grant, I will allow, as king of the universe, I will allow other people to take the shot if they want to. It's your body. It's your choice. I am not, and I, uh, I perfectly support your decision not to, and I don't think that you should be living as a second-class citizen as a result of that. So 
we are on your side and we need to amplify these voices because I guarantee there are many, many people who are in that boat right now that are afraid to speak out precisely because they are not in the position to be able to be fired from their gig like Pete Parada just was for for basically making his own choice about his own body in consultation with his doctor, no less. Once again, I want to stress, this is not some fringe crack crackpot conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. No, this is a mainstream. No, don't take this shot. It's not good for you, given your medical history. Oh, you're out of the band. You can never play with us again. Okay, well, you shouldn't have been playing with him in the first place, maybe. But anyway, um, on that other note about the uh, German, Germany, German concert, the German uh, lines of division over the vaccine or whatever that that headline said, uh, there's been some interesting developments in Germany in the last few days. For example, Germany top vaccine advisory body holds off endorsing vaccine for teens, despite political pressure and politicians coming out, we got to get these vaccines approved or emergency youth authorized for teens, stick them in their arms. The actual approval body is saying, well, no, we're not, we're not approving that at this point. We're not saying that you should be doing that. So there's an interesting division right there. And another one that people might've seen, uh, the editor-in-chief of Germany's top newspaper, Bild, has apologized for the news outlet's fear-driven coverage of COVID and said, uh, we persuaded our children that they were going to murder their grandma if they dared to be what they are, children, or if they met their friends. None of this has been scientifically proven. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. That's the first step build. I applaud you for taking that first step, but that is only the first step. And now you put the full resources of your mainstream institution into reporting on the reality of this. No more reporting any of the garbage, or at least unquestioningly reporting the garbage coming from the politicians' mouths. No, now you look at the real news and the real information and you start making the real stories. And then I will be your biggest supporter outside of that mainstream bubble, trust me. So anyway, those are steps in the right direction. A lot of stuff happening, and I will just parenthetically note, because obviously this pertains to myself and my my family, uh, Alberta, for whatever reason, is, well, for a number of reasons, I'm sure, is becoming the most open place in North America at this point. They're dropping all of their masking requirements, uh, all tracking and tracing, all of this, uh, vaccine requirements, all of that is totally dropping it all, and they're going to treat COVID-19 as a regular respiratory. You don't have to test for asymptomatic and people are celebrating, and yes, deservedly so, but note all of the mainstream media reaction to this always includes, and this is going to be the start of the next super spur. Uh, it's going to be the Alberta variant is going to be the next big variant. So I am holding my breath waiting for the other shoe to drop on this. I think they probably have some plans afoot for anyone who would dare to question and sh- show that the emperor is wearing new clothes. But anyway, I will put that put a link to that in the show notes so people can check it out. Some some incredible things are happening and we'll see where this is going from here. As they say, sometimes years happen within weeks. In closing on this episode 454 of New World Next Week, oh man, YouTube's going to get me too, James. After 13 years, they've finally tracked it down. Dark Winter Part 2 goes age restricted. So Dark Winter, remember is the terror drill leading up to the anthrax psyop you know at fort dietrich the place they had to keep shutting down because of all the leaks of all the stuff dark winter the terror drill run by the criminal american government they made news videos for it i have all five parts of them i uploaded them in 2008 and i got a video this morning from gootube 
that tells me part two has been age restricted. The funny part is it gets worse as it goes along. Part five is the gnarliest one where the virus is out of control. Part two, for some reason, has been age restricted by them tube. And again, uploaded 13 years ago. James, they didn't even hit it when, of course, Hair Sniffer was talking about dark winter, dark winter, dark winter. But I guess it's become really relevant now. So, of course, that's why Alphabet Incorporated has to hide it from you. We will include links to part two of Operation Dark Winter in other way more exciting news, calling all coincidence theorists. Next week on the Media Monarchy stream, I've got the big giant surprise Media Monarchy project a year or two in the works. It's going to be on the stream next week, starting Monday. I've got an exclusive new show, five episodes, relating to just, you know, one of the biggest pieces of real history where the 30th anniversary happens next week. James, you know what I'm talking about. It's something you and I have both done a lot of work on. Over the last 15 years, it connects pretty much everything. The fangsters, both the fake parties, high-tech software being stolen by the government, Iran-Contra, BCCI, Saddam, Bin Laden, and even Ghislaine Maxwell's dead Mossad dad. Tune in Monday, August 9th at 12 p.m. Pacific time for a new kind of radio drama from the media monarchy kingdom. Casalero didn't kill himself. James, I am very excited about it. That story has its tentacles into everything, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure does. Excellent. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you again next week. 100% this video is getting us deleted from YouTube. Finally, finally, finally. So to everyone watching this on YouTube and continuing to watch on YouTube, see you on the pirate streams. And James, I hope you'll be joining us there when you inevitably get your channel censored for daring to post government propaganda from 13 years ago or whatever. Well, 20 I years ago I, at this point. I know. I've got, I've, I've got a little more time. Maybe maybe you could do some pirate streams on, on Media Monarchy channel. Well, I, I could probably get your channel eliminated if you want. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that note, let's end it here for today. James, thanks for the stories. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care.